Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, final podcast is 2022, and this is actually a throwback to April when I did an interview with Stacey Lewis, who is the current Solheim Cup captain. She gets a chance to, to take that team to Spain, see how they do uh, in 2023, and she is so excited about it. I mean, there's so much advice she's gotten from uh, Julie Inkster, past captain. She's excited about her assistant captains. I mean, there's so much that goes into this. She shares some of her favorite memories here of the Solheim Cup in the past, what it means to her, of course, uh, team competition. I mean, there are some some really cool memories she comes up with here from her younger days, uh, one of her best days in golf. She also talks about the old course at St. Andrews. Of course, she won the Open Championship for the women, the Women's Open in 2013, and what that day was like, the experience was like. She gets into uh, how, how much she loves to visit the old course and the Dunvegan Hotel and a lot of those local pubs and see friends and, and people, even when the Open isn't at St. Andrews. So if she's there for an Open that's anywhere in the country, she loves to stop over there and just reminisce and take it in. She talks about the people of the town and just how, pr- how proud they are of the town and just what it, what it feels like to be there as a player, um, as, as somebody who gets to play that course, just the overall experience. So Stacy Lewis here gets into a lot of different topics, uh, LPGA Tour star, and we'll get to it here on Beyond the Clubhouse. I am pleased to be joined by my next guest, Stacy Lewis, 13-time LPGA Tour winner, four-time Solheim Cup player, and of course she was assistant captain in the past as well. Uh, Stacy, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's interesting. Obviously, the announcement came out uh, not too long ago, mm-hmm. but uh, that you would be the captain of Solheim Cup. Like, I, I know you had to yeah. keep it a secret for a little bit, right? Like, yeah. it was something yeah. that you knew about. And you had to, I think the joke, what you, you told Matt Adams, uh, a good friend of mine on his show, mm-hmm. Fairways of Life, hey, you had to lie a little bit to some people. But I did. What was that like? I mean, I, I'm sure your, your, your passion and excitement level was through the roof as you're getting into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I had to sit on it for almost a month. Um, and I, I told my parents, my poor parents couldn't tell anybody either. Um, but it was just, I had this just excitement in me, you know, I wanted to tell the, I more wanted to tell the girls, I wanted to tell the players and, um, but they made me promise that I would wait until the announcement. Um, but obviously just very honored. I mean, it's, um, just to look at who the past captains were and to know that I'm next on that list is just crazy to me. I mean, I, I still you know, remember being a rookie and just wanting to make the team, not ever in, it was never in my mind, my rookie year of captaining one, one day, you know, so it's just such a huge honor and I'm so excited and we've already kind of gotten the ball rolling and um, we're trying to get ready for Spain already. 
Yeah, and, and what's interesting is is I, I, one of my favorite parts of golf is the camaraderie, right? I know it's an individual mm-hmm. sport, but you and, and Morgan Pressel and some of these ladies have such a connection. Mm-hmm. Um, how how special was it to be able to to tell her that hey, listen, I want you as part mm-hmm. of this, as part of my leadership team, I and mean, as a friend, like I mean, that must have been a yeah. really cool exchange. Yeah, I mean, the coolest part for me is she I, she immediately said yes. I mean, I barely got it out of my mouth and she said yes. You know, I mean, we've, you know, we've played so much golf together. We've kind of, you grow up together, really. I mean, you turn pro when you're young and you don't have a family. So you're out on the road by yourself and you're, the, these girls you're playing against, they become your family and they become your friends and um, you look out for each other. And she was honestly one of the first people I person I thought of when, you know, it was kind of like, Oh gosh, who am I going to have as my assistant? And <laughs> she really was at the top of my list. And, you know, she's, while she's not playing, she's still really involved. She's watching golf. She's announcing, you know, she's going to be looking at stats and numbers. And, um, I think she's going to be really valuable come, you know, time to make pairings. Yeah. And, and I, I know obviously pairings is a huge part of, mm-hmm. of this, this event, you mentioned putting, it just comes down yeah. to making more putts just oh, in the yes. end, right? Like, like, how do you practice for that? How do you really get get ahead of that if that's possible? Yeah. I think it's just to, you know, to keep talking about it and tell the girls how important it is. I mean, you think of match play, any, you think of the U.S. Amateur, you think of just a match play event in general. I mean, you think of past wine cups, you remember putts, Jarena making that putt in 2015, Suzanne making the putt last time, you know, there's, there's these key moments and it's always putts. It's never, they hit a beautiful seven iron, you know, it's, 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 it's always that. So, um, you know, it was Jennifer Cupcho winning last week was huge for us, you know, just to get her kind of over that hump and feel what it's like to have to make putts under pressure. I mean, that that's ultimately what it is. And so, the more they can get in contention, the better, the better off we're going to be in Spain. Yes. And, and Spain's going to be quite a challenge. You know, I remember mm-hmm. actually interviewing, speaking of going over there, I remember interviewing Julie Inkster for her hometown paper in Santa Cruz mm-hmm. uh, in 2015, because she was getting ready to embark. Uh, She's going to bring her family too, like her husband, right. Brian, <laughs> and so many people involved. I think her parents were coming and she was. Oh yeah. She had the, the whole moon. crew there. Yep. <laughs> How much how much inspiration do you draw from, from Julie Inkster? What, what, what a lady she is, what a leader she's been over the years. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's been unbelievable. I mean, just being, being a mom, you know, I've bounced ideas off of her with raising my daughter. Um, and just to see the way she's done things the last, well, those three Solheims that she did, you know, um, you know, she, she kind of branched out and did something a little different, brought in that pod system. We were doing, you know, these personality tests and all these different (laughs) things, but but she made it work. And I, I mean, I think the one thing Julie had going for it is everybody respects her. Everybody knows who Julie is. You know, she's played forever. You know, she's played so yeah. for so long on tour that all these girls know her and they respect her and, um, and they want to play hard for her. So, um, you know, she was, she was great to me. She, brought me in, had me help him with pairings in 2015 and help helping with the singles lineup. And, you know, looking back now, it's like, okay, maybe she, I don't know if it was on purpose, but she was getting me ready to be captain. And, um, you know, I, I, after, after I got the call from the commissioner, I called Julie and Pat and Meg Mallon because they were the ones that really decided that I was going to be captain. And, 
Um, it was really cool to talk to them. You know, they each had kind of different words of advice about it and kind of had their own spin on it. Um, but, you know, Julie just told me, she said, you're, you're ready for this. Like they're going to play hard for, they're going to play hard for you. Right. Well, and that's funny. Like I always love talking to friends about those big advice moments in your career, right? Mm-hmm. You're about to get to a big threshold. And I just love just trying to write down the sound bites that I remember from a conversation, mm-hmm. right? Like what right. is it about what Pat said or, or, or what, what Julie said? And, mm-hmm. and I, I love that's encouraging. It's like iron sharpens yeah. iron, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious, like any, any other little nuggets you've learned from some of these ladies that's really going to help you. And listen, I'm not asking you to yeah. reveal the game plan because <laughs> yeah. we don't want Europe to get no. ahead of you. <laughs> no, I mean, they, they just, they really, all of them kind of did encourage me to be myself, you know, just to be yourself. Um, they're going to, they're going to respect you if, if you do that. Um, you know, they had little, little pieces of advice on, um, I think it was Pat or Julie told me that uh, to get a credit card from the LPGA to pay for expenses <laughs> instead of having to put stuff on your own card and send it in and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's just kind of like little things like that, you know, nothing like really earth shattering, but um, just that they all had the, the confidence in me. You know, I think sometimes you wonder when you're put in a leadership role, can I do this? Because there's no like, there's no practice for it. You know, you're just kind of put there. And just to get that, those words of confidence that you're ready and you can do this, um, just kind of pushes you, pushes you forward and kind of gives you that, the confidence that you need. Right. Well, at this point, like when you look back and listen, you're, Mm -hmm. you're 37, this is not the end of any career. Like there's so so much going on. And and the Mm -hmm. idea of a playing captain, when you think about that, I know Beth Mm -hmm. Ann, Beth Ann from uh, golf week had a great story about this a couple months ago, but Mm -hmm. where are you at in that process? I mean, Tiger Mm -hmm. was phenomenal in the president's cup. That was just much watched TV. How do you feel about that idea? Um, You know, I think, I think we need our best 12 players and if I qualify in points or if I qualify off the Rolex rankings, I need to play because that means I'm one of the best 12. And I, I don't think I could pick myself. I do know that. Um, but it'll be a conversation. We'll, I'll talk to my assistants next summer and we'll kind of figure things out from there. But I, I do think it's possible. I think you have to be really organized. Um, and look, a lot of the work we're going to do is going to be done ahead of time. You know, it's not the week of like, I mean, your schedule is already set. We already, I'm going to know what we're going to have for dinner every night before the week even starts, you know, all this stuff's going to be planned out. So, you know, if we can be super organized and, you know, know what's going on, I mean, you know, I have faith in these girls and, and the assistance that, that we can do it. So when you talk about meals, we talk in Texas barbecue, like what's going to be on the menu. Well, this is Spain. So (laughs) we're going to have to take what Spain gives us, right? (laughs) We'll make a trip. We'll make a trip this summer and uh, we'll get, we're going to get all that stuff figured out then. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's funny. I think of the Soham Cup. There's so much passion. You mentioned yourself, Mm -hmm. Suzanne's putt there. Uh, What a way to go out. I mean, listen, My biggest thing with international events is I tend to actually appreciate both sides because mm-hmm. what happened at Medina, when you look at like Ryder Cup, that was one of yeah. the greatest sporting events in golf history. <laughs> and just because all these American fans are like, oh, our team didn't win, blah, blah, blah. No, it was phenomenal. If you look back on right. what it means. So so for you, like what was the most exciting moment, a couple most treasurable moments of mm. your Solheim career that you could um, come to mind? I mean, definitely my first, T shot 
um, in Ireland. Um, I play actually paired with Angela Stanford. Um, oh, it was a yeah. horrible tee shot. I, I mean, I put her in the weeds off the tee. Um, <laughs> but it was just that for, you know, the first Solheim cup, they were, I remember it being pitch black outside. It was, I mean, it was Ireland in September. So it was dark when you're warming up and they're singing and chanting on the tee. I'm like, what is this? You know, I, I had no idea what to expect. Um, so I was pretty nervous there. And then, um, actually one of the Germany for me was one of the most fun. Um, mm. It was when kind of Jarena and I kind of found our pairing. And when we started kind of really firing on all cylinders and um, just to see her make that putt at the end of the week was, was one of the coolest, coolest moments I've ever had. Just to celebrate with her and to see her execute at that level, huh? Yeah. And just, you know, early in the week, you know, we didn't necessarily put her out in alternate shot because if you look at her stats, she wasn't a great putter, but I kept, I'm like, Julie, just let us go. Just let us go play. And we, I, we read putts together. We did everything together that week and we just really got on a roll. And then of all things to see her make a putt, you know, the thing that maybe her stats showed that she wasn't great at, but that's <laughs> what she did. You know, she won the whole Solheim cup for us. So, um, so it was just a really kind of cool moment. Mm. What's well, interesting when you talk about that first uh, Solheim Cup in 2011 in Ireland, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I think that, that that was the year you were you won your first major, you know, mm -hmm. and, and milestone moments are so important in our lives. And, and, right. and I, I ask you, I, I know you've been asked many times, but what did that do for your life? When you think about just your, your belief, you know, this is an individual mm -hmm. game. So what, what would it do for your self-belief? I mean, it, 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 for me, it completely changed the trajectory of my career. You know, you go from being, you know, just trying to be out here, trying to keep your card, trying to get yourself in contention. And all of a sudden you win a major, it's like, okay, now I'm the top American. What's next? You know, it just kind of right. created this kind of this, okay, I just kept going. What's next? What's next? What's next? And, and then in a couple of years, you're number one in the world. And it's just it's just mind blowing, you know, really, but, um, you know, just kind of get, it wasn't even really a monkey off her back. It was just the way I did it and going up against number one in the world at the time. Um, you know, it was just, it was a really cool, cool moment for me and just kind of set things off from there. Right. Well, and that was obviously, um, the first major. And then when you mm -hmm. fast forward the tape and you look at the transition you had to make once you had your daughter, as you, as you mentioned mm -hmm. her earlier, what was that balance like to just, you know, give life to someone else. And yeah. then just now it's a new reality. How do you, how do you do this at the highest level? Uh, well, there was career before baby and there's <laughs> career after baby because the before and the after are completely different. The only thing that's the same is me playing golf, but the way you think, the way you go about your day, what's important, kind of where things rank on your chart, you know, um, everything is totally different now. And in a good way. I mean, I, I wasn't ready for kids at 24, you know, I was just never <laughs> one of those people. Um, I wanted to see how good I could be. I wanted to, and to do that, you sacrifice a lot. You know, you have to, you sacrifice not only my, I mean, I missed a lot of my sister's birthdays and my nieces and nephews birthdays and births yeah. and miss vacations with my family because I wanted to get to number one in the world. I wanted to see how good I could be. Um, but I guess you just, you reach a point in your life where it's that order just changes. And 
I don't want to miss anything anymore. I want to be around. And so I'm going to miss a golf tournament instead of missing somebody's birthday, basically. So, um, so it's just the priorities change and, you know, having her has chilled me out a little bit on the golf course and kind of put things in perspective a little bit. Yeah. Well, and it's also funny when you think about priority change, like it's funny how like there's almost like a, a lot of purpose in like to me when I make selfish decisions, like I, my son was born uh, the week of the PJ championship 2019. I wanted to go to the mm-hmm. PJ championship so bad. So I was there for the birth and I decided to still go. My wife will never let me forget that. Uh, so I went and I covered the event for a few days. And then my son has Everett had some complications as a newborn. Mm-hmm. And my wife's like, I need you back home. And I had to tell mm-hmm. you know, all my bosses, listen, I got to go. They understood it was, it was important. But in Sunday, yeah. Sunday morning, watching the PGA in, in the, um, in, in the hospital room with my son, yeah. I got a call from Tim Rosa for you, you know, Rosie from the golf yeah, channel yeah. and, and, and uh, golf digest. Anyway, I'm almost done with my long story. <laughs> and he said that, um, Garrett, like, do you know anything about, uh, you know, one of these young rookies that's making a run at the, at the, at the PGA. And I said, you know, I, I went home, I went home. My son's uh, sick right now. He said, dude, what am I doing? Like, wow, you, you made the right call. I'm really proud of you for doing that. And, and listen, yeah. I, I brought that up because you, you mentioned kind of the dichotomy before kids, mm-hmm. after kids. And it's like Garrett Johnson's heart needed to change a little bit because I was so hyper-focused on golf. And, mm-hmm. um, and for you as a competitor now, as we're going forward here at 37, mm-hmm. like, what is it? about your competitive nature and, 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 and the balance to it that, that you're finding maybe some little, little uh, victories in right now? Um, you know, just, I mean, gosh, when she was first born, the little victories were getting out the door on time, drop it, get, you know, getting to the golf course on time. So I could do my normal routine. I mean, um, you know, the competitiveness, that part of me has never changed. I'm still, I still want to win more than anybody out there, but, um, but I know that this, this little girl is super important. And, um, you know, and if, if I'm, oh, and she's interrupting. That's <laughs> okay. You it's part of hi? life. It's part of life. You want to say hi? There she is. Hello. Can you say hi? <laughs> I'm Garrett. How are you? Can you say hi? No. Okay. You go watch a movie with dad. Sorry. <laughs> That's uh, okay. It's okay. It's funny how 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 they react differently. Like you, sometimes they're shy when you would think that they'd be more outgoing. I know, I know. She's she's as chatty as anybody, but when somebody comes around, <laughs> she is pretty quiet. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. So, um, I want to segue now into St. Andrews. Really, a, a love affair that you have in, in a certain way. Winning that major there, your second major. Um, in mm-hmm. that particular year was amazing in the sense that, like Yanni was saying, was just on fire and it's mm-hmm. just like it, it reminded me of Federer when he was just dominating right and right. Nadal Nadal was like no I, I'll, I'll find a way <laughs> I'm going to chase it down and you made it happen like what mm-hmm. what was really special about going into St. Andrews and getting it done at St. Andrews oh gosh where do I start well my love affair with St. Andrews started with Curtis Cup um back in 2008 um it was my last amateur event before I turned pro um, I went undefeated there five and oh, um, we, we won pretty easily, but, um, we, you know, we traveled over there as a team and we got off the plane and we all just put on our, it was pouring down rain. We all put on our rain gear and just went and walked, you know, just went and walked out <laughs> to the first tee, walked over the bridge, did all that stuff. 
Um, but we got local caddies um, for the week and I got this guy, his name's Frazier and he was awesome. I mean, I'm a history person. So he's telling me all the stories, you know, kind of, you know, and he was telling me shots to hit, you know, take a pitching wedge, land it here. It's going to bounce here and do all this. And I, I, we played the old course 11 times in seven days with practice rounds and multiple matches. And we played it in sunshine. We played it in rain, like all kinds of weather. And I honestly think like just having him as my caddy, I mean, he, he taught me how to play links golf and taught me how to see the right types of shots. And it was just from there, my love affair with links golf started and, and the old course. Um, and so then you go back, you know, we had to play an open championship there, which was, which was so cool. Um, and we actually, I got to stay at the Dunvegan right around oh, the corner and, that's um, the best. I didn't realize at the time. So the last time the women played there, Lorena stayed there and won. And then I stayed there and won. Oh my God. So, um, (laughs) so just, I mean, gosh, to put your name on that list and the shot I hit on 17, um, played 36 holes that day and hit the shot I did on 17 and then to make birdie on 18. Um, it was, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, you can't top it. I mean, it, it was, it was the best day of golf I've ever had. And just one of those weeks I'll never forget. Certainly. I mean, just the old course. <laughs> well, you said 11 times in seven days. So now was mm-hmm. it the first time you ever had been to St. Andrews right there in that year? So you yeah. Know. First time St. Andrews, first time for Lynx golf. Um, yeah. It was, it was a lot of first coming over for that Curtis Scott. It's funny that you say that because I've asked Padraig Harrington about this. And mm-hmm. even now at age 50, every time he, mm-hmm. he it's, it, it's the run up to the first tee. It's you're driving yeah. into town, you're driving into town and you just get this shot of adrenaline. And, right. and, and how, how did it feel for you? Like, um, mm-hmm. as you got closer to that first tee, as you're seeing this mm-hmm. town and then you're seeing the RNA building, just all of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously had seen it on TV from the men playing there, but, um, you just, I mean, it's just so expansive and it's huge and the old buildings and the bridge and, you know, the clubhouse and everything right there behind the first tee. And, um, I mean, it, it was just the whole scene, you know, we stayed at the old course hotel where you could just sit there and look at it every day, you know, and, um, it's just everything about it. I mean, I, I, I guess I'm just, I'm a, I'm a golf nerd. I love history. I love, you know, just walking around town and, you know, the going in the little shops and, um, all that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, whenever we, even if we haven't played the old course itself and if we're over there, I'd drive through St. Andrews just to go see it. And, um, and just, you know, just remember that day. Really? So, so how recently would you have done that? Um, I did that last summer when we were there, um, between bubble, we were, we had to be in bubbles because of COVID. So we were between the two (laughs) tournaments. I left one bubble and I stopped at the Dunvey again, stopped at the old course before I went into the other bubble. So, um, oh just had to go, go see old friends and go say hi. And, you know, my pictures on the wall, all over a couple places at the Dunvey again, and got one right over the bar, um, from winning there. <laughs> so, um, just, it's, it's, man, it's just such a cool town. And, um, just, if you ever have a chance, I mean, you, you need to put, you need to go. If you, if you love golf at all, you need to go. Yeah. Well, you know what it is, is that like, I, first time for me was 2015 for the open championship for the mm-hmm. men, but, but what you said about going 
to experience the Dunvegan and places around town, the mm-hmm. little shops. I, I really like the people of Scotland. There's so much pride that they have. You know, mm-hmm. what, what do you make of the people there in St. Andrews? I mean, they're, they're just, they're so proud of their, of the town and their place and they want you to come visit and, um, you know, just, just so nice. You know, you just, you walk everywhere. Um, nobody's really in a hurry. Everybody's just kind of taking <laughs> their time or people hanging out on the beach and, um, it's, it's just, it's such a cool place. You know, I, I wouldn't want to be there in January when it's freezing cold, <laughs> but, um, but definitely go in the summertime. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember having like first tea jitters as you got there? Cause you had said you had seen oh it on gosh. TV. You would have seen maybe tiger play on TV. Like what, what was that like there? Yeah. You had to ask about this. So <laughs> my first match I played was alternate shots. So, and I teed off, I didn't have to tee off till number two. So the afternoon match, I was going off in a four ball. So I had to tee off on that first hole and it was a little downwind. So you couldn't hit driver. So I had to hit, I think it was probably three wood. And I'm going to tell you, so I hit my shot and my divot started and stopped before my golf ball. (laughs) (laughs) I basically duffed this thing down. Like it was one of those like, like the people in the crowd, like just didn't know what to do. You know, like it was so embarrassing. Um, it was the, it was, lit, it was the only divot on the whole tee box. Like, you know, it's just perfectly manicured and I make this oh my divot. God. My mother went and took a picture of it after the match was over. Um, of course. But then yeah. the great story continues is that I didn't hit it far enough down there to get it over the burn. And so that it would stop. So my caddy's like, okay, we're gonna hit seven iron down there. So we hit seven iron down there to have a little pitch. Well, then I fat the pitch shot. It one hops the burn and goes to three feet. And these girls, they give me the putt. I'm like, what are they thinking? You know, (laughs) have they not just seen these shots I've hit? Clearly I'm nervous. Why did you just give me that three footer? But we went on from there and and won the match. So that's all that mattered. (laughs) Wow. So over the burn on which hole though? Cause I'm getting a little confused here. Over the burn on On one, on one. Oh yeah. So yeah. So I had to, so my second shot, I had to lay up short of the little little creek there and the pin was on the front of the green so it was just yeah I was clearly nervous and I I don't I still to this day don't know why they gave me that putt <laughs> oh man do you remember like as you got out you know, in those first couple mm-hmm. rounds those um do you remember as mm-hmm. you got out like what were your initial impressions of the course I know that there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of character as you go out there like a true links mm-hmm. course and then come back like what what kind of struck you or strikes you Uh, just the number of blind tee shots. Um, I mean, I just, I had to rely on my caddy so much. So especially those first couple rounds, I just, you just don't know where to hit it. And, um, you know, there are times that he would give me lines that were, he wanted me to hit it in the rough on purpose. Um, just because, (laughs) you know, stuff was going to run through into bunkers and he's like, no, we're going to hit it right here into this hill in the rough. And then we're gonna hit it on the green. I'm like, okay, like I'm, I'm just going to trust this guy. Cause <laughs> I don't know what else to do, but, um, but especially going out there, you have a lot of blind tee shots, um, mm. and that you don't really realize. Um, but I think once you realize, you know, you always have the middle of that golf course, you know, going out, it's on your left, coming back in, it's on your left too. So you always, you always have the middle of that golf course to kind of, you can bail on. Right. And, um, you really just have to know, know where to miss it. Um, where if, if you get in trouble 
where can I put myself to get myself the easiest up and down and things like that. It's just, it's a lot of strategy and a strategy changes with the wind direction. Um, mm. You know, one bunker that was super easy to carry one day, you're laying up short of it the next, you know, and you're just, your strategy has to change just based on the weather. Yes. I know Kevin Strelman mentioned that it's just like, mm-hmm. you could be hitting three iron one day and then you're hitting a t- totally different strategy the next, just yeah. depending on the wind, right? Like you, you just yeah. totally adapting in a certain way, right? Yeah. And, and like how much the ball is going to release into a green. I mean, you think of like that ninth hole, I mean, it's either drivable or you're hitting like a driver and a wedge into, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just crazy how quickly it can, how quickly it can change. Well, then you get, as you get into the back now, you think about the side mm-hmm. of the town, right? You really start seeing mm-hmm. in that town, they're in 14, 15. What, yeah. what did that kind of elicit for you over, over these years? Um, I mean, for me, it's once you get, kind of that six up by 16 green 17 T and you start, you can see the clubhouse again. You can, you got the hotel there and you know, it just, it's just the whole scene, you know, you're playing back into, into town and to think of all of all the people that have done it before you. And um, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's just the coolest finishing holes in all of golf. I mean, how do you recreate that anywhere else? You can't, you know, you've seen courses try to put a road hole, you know, (laughs) wall, you know, trying to recreate it, but you just, you just can't, you know, it's, it's, um, it's too iconic. And, um, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just such, such a cool place. I love it. I mean, I love talking about it. I love going there. Um, you know, it'd be one of those places that when I'm, there's not a lot of places I would go play for fun because, Mm frankly, I don't want to, I don't play golf for fun at, at the moment. I want to go <laughs> do other, I want to go do other stuff for fun, you know, right now, but, um, when I'm done playing professionally, you know, it's, it'd be one of those places that I would definitely make a trip and go play again. For sure. Well, well what about 17 or 18? Like any anecdote come to mind there, uh, on those final two holes? Um, you just got to pick a letter and hit it over the letter on the hotel. That was, yeah. You know, which it, it which changed with the wind, um, but you know, seventeen. I, I just we always played it that you play it, you play the ball to land short, and if it happens to run up on the green, great. And if it doesn't, you're down at the bottom there. You got a chip, and you move on. So we all, I've, I always played it to just to not to never bring the wall or the the road into play. You know, we always played to stay short of it. And if we happened to get a good bounce and it got up on the green, great. Um, and so, you know, that, and that, that was the play when, you know, I won the, won the open there was, it was literally that same play. We're going to try to land it short and I hit the perfect golf shot and it bounced up there. Mm. Well, it's interesting. You, you had also mentioned the two that uh, so socially you play for fun. You, you'll do that mm-hmm. at St. Andrews. What is it? Is there a social experience you can remember that was, that was just kind of fun, maybe with family or with <laughs> friends, like kind of visiting over the years, anything that kind of come, comes oh, to mind away from the tournament? We took, um, hopefully we don't get in trouble for this, but we, uh, we <laughs> took my mom and my, my, it was my mom and some friends of ours. We took our we took only putters very late in the evening and attempted to play the 18th hole with only putters. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> so it was, 
<laughs> my mom, my mom didn't make it over the, the first burn off the tee, um, but the rest of us got it down there and managed to finish it out and nobody, nobody kicked us off. So, so we must've gotten away with it. Um, but yeah, yeah, we did that. That was, um, I think that was, that was actually when we were playing Kings Barnes for the, for the open. So that was a few years ago now, but, um, but yeah, just when, you know, when I played at, played at Kings Barn, we stayed at the Dunvegan again. So, um, just, I mean, I just, I've been so lucky and have such, have such great, great experiences over there. Yeah. And just the music, right. When you get to a place like Dunvegan, I mean, just, mm-hmm. just the, everybody's singing, like sometimes you're close together, you're, you're elbow <laughs> to elbow with people, but it's just right. Yeah. It's, you're yeah, so, or what? Yeah. So as cool is, um, when I won in 2013, we announced the Solheim Cup team there right afterwards. Wow. And um, so after the team was announced, we took the whole team to the Dunvegan. and they let us kind of use this back room that we, that you normally, you just, it's where you eat breakfast normally, but right. they let us have that room. And that's where we all celebrated making the team. And I got to celebrate my winning, winning the, the tournament and everything. Um, but they have, you know, they have some, because of, well, they've since sold the place, but their owners at the time, you know, they had, they have some American style food there, you know, they kind of got a good mix of things. Um, but you know, so it felt, it felt a little bit like home too, as well for us, but just the way, I mean, they embraced us and my family and, um, you know, just getting to celebrate, celebrate there. And, uh, just, I mean, it's just, I keep saying how cool it is because it is. I mean, I, I just, I don't, I mean, I just, I feel like I've been so lucky to have all these opportunities. Definitely. Well, you, you also had mentioned uh, the Swoken Bridge being such an important thing. And mm-hmm. is there a memory of the first picture you took there or, or just, mm-hmm. just the feelings around the Swoken Bridge? What, what a spot that is. Yeah. I remember, uh, you know, one of the practice rounds, I stopped with my caddy and um, this was for uh, the British open, I stopped there with, with my caddy and we took a picture and did all that. Um, but I'll just, I, you know, what I remember about that is, you know, getting to take the picture with my family there after I won, um, my parents had come over for the week. My, my college coach was actually there too. Um, you know, and so just, you know, getting to, to celebrate with them, um, in that moment and be a part of history. And gosh, there's, only a few select few people that have have won at the old course and at St. Andrews. So just to be a part of that list of all those great players. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's just, it still, still blows my mind that I actually did it. You know, it's um, I'll never forget. I, um, when I won, when I won the British open, I was, I wasn't in the last group because we had to play 36 holes that day. Um, so I finished quite ahead, but I, so I hit that great shot on 17, made the three footer, you know, go to 18 and, um, tee it up. And I think my, I hit, I knocked the ball off the tee, you know, and what was so funny is one of my friends was there, I guess, standing with my parents watching and she plays golf, but it was like, she freaked out and she's like, Oh my gosh, does that count? My, they're like, no, it doesn't count. <laughs> you know, like it's, it was like, it was kind of a good, like little release of release of energy. But, um, I got, when I, I got my ball on the green and I had this putt, you know, the, the pin was over there left kind of just, just over the rise. And, um, I had this, had a very similar putt in Curtis cup 
Um, so I knew the, Ooh. I knew the break, I knew the break, but I knew it was just really slow. Like it was just one of those putts. I just had to get it to the hole. And, um, so I kind of called my caddy off, you know, it was like, I knew what it did. And I was like, just give it a chance. And it went right in the center. And, um, and that, and that was the one that basically sealed the deal. Wow. What, what, what a, mm-hmm. a anecdote, a story to always remember a milestone, <laughs> milestone moment. Yeah. Um, what, as we wrap up here, wanted to just transition to one kind of last question. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Ireland and, and I love golf mm-hmm. in Ireland. I love getting out there. What, what would be your encouragement to, to golf fans that haven't been to Ireland yet? And you know, mm-hmm. some of the, the wealth of great courses there, just the, what would be your, your words of encouragement mm-hmm. there? Well, I haven't, other than Solheim Cup, I haven't been to Ireland much myself, so I need to do it too. But, <laughs> um, but just the style of golf, I think it's so different than what you play in the U S. Um, and I think it's more forgiving in a way. And so I think it's, I think it's more fun, you know, you can be a little bit more creative and, um, you know, you, you can walk, take caddies or you can use a trolley, whatever you want to do. I just, um, I just think it's a really fun way to play golf. And, um, and like we talked about just the experiences of going to, you know, all the different castles and seeing the sites. And, um, you know, there's a lot that you can do outside of the golf as well. If you don't want to go play 36 holes every day, there's, <laughs> there's still plenty of sightseeing to do too. That's great stuff. Well, Stacy Lewis, thanks for joining me here on, on the podcast and uh, good luck the rest of the year here. Um, going ahead with all the planning you got. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, big thanks to Stacey Lewis for joining me on the podcast. And I just love some of those stories, whether it's the Curtis Cup and her first tee shot there, and how, how nervous she was there. There's just so many fun things, uh, anecdotes that she had from past Solheim Cups, from, of course, winning the Open at St. Andrews, her love affair with St. Andrews. So a lot of fun stuff, I thought, in that particular interview. So thanks again to Stacey Lewis. Hope you guys enjoy it, and we'll talk to you soon here on the pod.